Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher is a 2003 science fiction horror film based on Stephen King's 2001 novel of the same name. It follows four boyhood pals who get together for a camping weekend at a cabin in the woods. While there, a blizzard sweeps in and they recover a man lost and frozen with odd red marks on his face. As they discover the awful truth of what he's infected with, they have to overcome not only a terrifying parasitic threat to the human race, but also a crazed military admiral who is prepared to wipe out the entire valley to do so. Uh, so I've been very much looking forward to this episode because not only is this movie just a weird delight, but we are also once again joined by our friend Adam Carnavale. Welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me back. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure because you introduced us to this <laughs> mind-blowing movie that I never would have watched otherwise. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Oh, my God. Good work, mate. Hey, do you guys reckon that Stephen King was ever into drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Because fucking hell, <laughs> this movie, Christ. Oh, this would have though. This is the thing, right? So mm. he wrote this novel of this movie. He would have been off the drugs at this point because I was reading somewhere that he wrote this uh, when he was recovering from the yeah. car accident. So that's in the nineties. Yep. Yes. So he got off the cocaine after Cujo, which is yep. 80s. So he says. What about painkillers, though? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe painkillers. Maybe painkillers. He wrote it all in... How's this, though, guys? He didn't type... So normally he types mm. at a typewriter, I believe, is like his thing. He wrote this out in cursive. <laughs> <laughs> Why, though? It fucking I shows, don't... can I say. <laughs> this absolutely... This story absolutely feels like it was a fucking bitch to re-edit anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you, so the book, the book itself is 692 pages long. Ugh. So they've obviously like truncated the shit out of it to make it into what a ninety-minute-ish movie. Oh yeah, you can tell by watching that though. That oh, it shows yeah. huge. Like if yeah. there are massive gaps, as well as like there is no subtext. It's all text because <laughs> we we don't have time for subtext. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to tell no. you everything. Well, because I I assume I assume a lot of the book. And we're literally just saying this before we started recording, but I assume a lot of the book is him spending large periods of time with them as kids yeah. and building that relationship with Duddits and building, le- having them learn about their superpowers and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So that you probably, 
it feels like you care about all these characters, whereas you don't have that much time to do that setup. It's just these guys are friends. Now they go to a cabin. Here's some flashbacks of them as kids. Sometimes they can predict the future. Yeah, all they have time for is the bare bones of establishing the story, a couple hard R's, and uh, maybe maybe some supernatural yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, we got about halfway through this movie, and my girlfriend turned to me and said, is it necessary for them to all have powers? Like, I just don't get why. <laughs> like, one of them, like, Duddits could have right. had powers, but, yep. like, why do they all yep. have it? And they don't all utilize it really that well at all it's kind of it's a chaotic uh, movie beaver doesn't get to use his at all why why does one of them get a special power and the others don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. well no here's here's my question here's my question so out of the four of them damian lewis and thomas jane both have the yeah. same power right mm. beaver's power is he mm. who the fuck knows and old mate old mate uh timothy mm. elephant's got the finger power but not mm-hmm. the mind reading I don't fucking know. They do they all have the mind reading, but also an extra pa- like what? What are the powers? What are the- Beaver again? Beaver's only power seems to be being addicted to toothpicks enough to be a massive fucking idiot. God, that was so frustrating. Holy shit! That scene where he's trying to sit on the toilet. Yeah, wait, just wait, dude. Mm. You don't need a toothpick. If it was like if he was addicted mm. to to heroin or cigarettes, <laughs> yeah. I would get it. But it's just toothpicks. It's sitting on a floor that's covered in gross anal blood. Like. Yeah. Leave it there, mate. Don't pick it up and put it in your mouth. Yeah. He's an idiot. He deserved to die. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> what I think is most absurd about this movie is like there's obviously some horror movies where they are set up to be absurd. They are set up to just be balls to the wall, bit crazy and bonkers. This didn't feel like it. Mm. Like it wasn't self-aware. It took itself quite seriously, seriously enough that it just made it even more crazy and hilarious when crazy shit started happening, when literal alien arseworms start bursting out and killing people or Damien Lewis starts speaking in a British accent. (laughs) Can I ask a question? So do we think that those eggs are meant to be eaten? Because they don't look like they should be eaten. Like if I saw that, I wouldn't be like, ooh, berries. (laughs) I I would rather starve than eat those things. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good point. Shouldn't he have like multiple worms yes, in if here? he ate multiple yes. eggs. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. And obviously we see the eggs hatch on their own. They don't need a human. Yeah, they're not aliens from aliens. Yes. Mm. One thing I did like, and I feel like this is a very Stephen King thing, is where he takes an absurd idea but adds enough logic to it that it, it creates a kind of realism where like, I, I like the idea that they bust out the ass because you're like, yeah, why would an alien go through a rib cage? That's like bone. That's really hard to get through. There's two, there's an in and there's an out. They're going to go for that exit side. Like <laughs> it kind of made this weird sense. Like that's how parasites have to leave your body, right? Stephen King um, infamously said that this was going to do for the toilet what Psycho did for the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it caught on. No. <laughs> Look, I think he's close. I think he's close because I think what he actually meant, uh, it didn't do that for the toilet that Psycho did for the shower. What it actually did was, um, it did for eyebrows. Oh man! What, uh, scream masks did for Jesus Halloween Christ. movies. What the fuck? I love Morgan Freeman. He feels like he's in a different movie. Yeah. He oh. feels like he's having a lot of fun too. I really respect. He does. He had yeah. a great but those time. eyebrows. They're off the fucking chain. When I first saw them, I thought it was just like more pronounced because the snow right. got caught in them. Yeah, yeah. But that, like, he, he, he yeah. he's actually glued on eyebrows for this role. It, it makes so no good. sense. His hair as well looks like Lego hair. 
Like he, <laughs> it looks yeah. like it's CGI as well. It doesn't look like it's real hair at all. It looks like they've if animated it. If he took off his hair, he'd have that little like, <laughs> uh, like that little circle thing that yeah. you use to attach on Lego hair. It 100% looks like that. Oh. Also, I don't mean to make everything I ever do about Army, but can I say that you can tell that Stephen King doesn't love Army. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every true. line, every line they have sounds like. Uh, sounds like it's m- meant to be done. Sounds like parody. They genuinely sound like parody. Yeah. They keep calling each other bucko and <laughs> fucking... Oh, the, 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 the whole thing where it, when he's interrogating that guy and he's like, sir, a boss, and he's like, so what do you know? And he explains that, oh, we're not like a normal unit, so we don't use uh, ranks. We just use bucko and boss. Yeah. And then he shoots his <laughs> fingers off. Yeah. Like, are we also led to believe that the military have been fighting a secret... There is so much happening. So we're led to believe that there is a the military, a secret arm of the military called Blue Unit, whose job is to fight an alien invasion that is constantly mm. happening. On top of... Okay, so these are the pieces you've got. So you've got, like, the childhood story of them and Duddits and getting superpowers a la Stranger Things. Yeah. You've got... Morgan Freeman being a crazy general who's trying to control like a pandemic quarantine zone and wants to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason he's doing that is because he's part of a secret part of the military who are fighting aliens. Now, the aliens come from this planet. We don't really know what their goals are, but they pretend to look like those grey-faced aliens that, that we are familiar mm-hmm. with, but actually they're horrific worm mm-hmm. monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a thing. And that's been ongoing for years, and they do that, and they keep them locked up somewhere, maybe. That's unclear. And then on top of that, you've got they're in a cabin in the woods. One of their friends nearly died. They all have superpowers. Um, they're also dealing with the fact that this man has arrived full of farts and death. <laughs> and then oh, Dudditz might be he an keeps angel. Shitting himself. <laughs> oh, and burps. Why burps? Oh. What? Uh, Why? Oh I'm Why? so glad you gave that. Do you know how hard it was to write the synopsis? You know, I do my synopsis at the start of the episode. <laughs> There's so much. Was, I'm like, yeah. I haven't even hit half of the details here. Like, it was so difficult. What's? Can I just... I'm going to flick across to Letterboxd really quick. All right. I'm just going to read you, like, the plot synopsis for most movies on Letterboxd, you get, like, three sentences. Mm, mm. This is, like a, like, a paragraph that is, like, like a good ten sentences in it. So, this is, this is how much plot is in this movie. I'm going to read just the synopsis straight from Letterboxd. Four boyhood pals perform a heroic act and are changed by the powers they gain in return. That is that the whole thing with the shit? Yeah, that must be. Anyway, years later, on a hunting trip in the main woods, they're overtaken by a vicious blizzard that harbors an ominous presence. That's enough. That could be the movie. Yeah. Instead, yeah. challenged to stop an alien force, the friends must first prevent the slaughter of innocent villains by a military vigilante and then overcome a threat to the bond that unites the four of them. Two of them are dead about halfway through. <laughs> yeah. One of them dies in like the first half hour. Yeah, yeah it's such a waste. Yeah. Like, because they do spend, they probably spend half an hour sort of before anything bad happens, right? Mm. Just getting to yep. know them, mm. getting to yeah. know the childhood friendship. And then if you're going to go to the effort, and there's only four of them, the deaths have to mean something and they kind of mm. don't. Like the first guy dies and you're just like, oh, okay, what the fuck? All right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's such a way. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to read this novel. I just think it would be... Even more chaotic. <laughs> I also forgot the other great plot point, boys. 
Memory Warehouse. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. The living, literal memory palace inside Damien Lewis's head that is called the Memory Warehouse, which actually exists. Yeah. Yep. And there are scenes of him hiding in his memory warehouse trying to hide information from a giant alien worm. Who talks like this, governor? <laughs> <laughs> Why does the alien British? The alien, yeah, the alien, which they call Mr. Grey. Uh, which is his actual name. That is, in their language, his name, because he recognizes it. Like, they call, they call him Mr. Gray, and he's like, how did you know my name? My name is actually Mr. Gray. We have the same language somehow. Anyway, he speaks, when Damien Lewis is possessed by him and needs to speak as him, he speaks with a British accent, which is Damien Lewis's natural accent, which makes me think that what happened was they were on set, and they were like, Damien Lewis, we need you to do another accent so that you can be Mr. Gray. And Damien Lewis is like, well, I don't have another accent. And they're like, well, I guess just don't do one. <laughs> God, I hope that's it. Oh, boy. Uh, it's what about, what about What about the fact that, so for, for the first probably 15, of this, 15 minutes of this movie, Thomas mm. Jane is acting. And then for the rest of the movie, he just gives up. Like he just, <laughs> oh. There's a point in the movie, Thomas Jane just throws in the towel and just stops caring. <laughs> he very much does. Yeah, my favourite thing is his facial reactions like to, to horrific things that are happening. And it's just like, mate, come on. Put a <laughs> oh, little bit of just, effort in. But even like, like, I also forgot about um, old mate who he gives the gun that John Wayne gave. Like, Oh, yeah. that's right! Morgan Freeman's character has a gun that was given to him by John Wayne, which he gives to his like friend and to IC, mm. who then betrays him. And Morgan Freeman's still a bad guy for some reason. And three-star general, General Matheson. I love that Morgan Freeman doesn't care about aliens anymore. It's just my friend <laughs> yeah. betrayed me. And I'm going to kill him with a helicopter. And just, it's so good when his friend shoots the helicopter and Morgan Freeman sees it and just goes, you son of a bitch, and then dies. It's wild. Fucking oh, great. Oh, but Sean, that's not even the best fight in the movie. The best fight in the movie is when Duddits turns into a scorpion yeah. and embraces uh, yeah, the, the worm man in a cocoon. <laughs> um. <sighs> All right, that's stupid, but is that the best fight in the movie? Or is the best fight in the movie the scene where uh, you've got Timothy Oliphant mm. and you're trying to film a horror scene and you're like, oh, there's this worm that's slowly sneaking up on him and he doesn't realize that it's already, already killed someone. There's like a woman mm. lying down and she's dead. And then as the as the climactic horror scene, it bites him on the dick. <laughs> 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 oh he my God. pisses on it and it bites him on the dick. <laughs> it's so great. See, like there was enough of a pause where it gave the audience enough time to go, "Is it going to bite him on the dick?" And then it does. <laughs> then it does. <laughs> it's like, oh, well it's, done. It's and also his death. Just like he just dies as well. Yeah. Like he's brought along to like helping into the like the you know I ninety five or whatever, mm. and then he just dies. And it's like, what? You didn't need to kill... I don't think you needed to kill both Jason Lee and mm. Timothy Oliphant. No. I think you could have left one of them alive. Yeah. yeah. What's so funny is that um, the... Uh, I forget his name. The one who's uniting all of them. Um, they're... Duddits. Yeah. Duddits, yeah. Mm. Uh, Duddits, they're like, oh, Duddits had this plan. He knew this was going to happen. And so he plotted all of these things out. Oh, and he planned for these two people to die. They're here to die. <laughs> these two people... 
there was nothing else he could have yeah. done. But also, like he 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 gave them powers. Like I guess the assumption being that if they were all if they were still together, they could fight as a team. Mm. But mm. the idea that Duddit still had to be there to to save the day, Ugh. and also mm. that they hired Donnie Wahlberg to play a man with a mental disability, and that's just not a good. Like it's bad. It is. It is so so bad, and even even the logic of it is bad. If you got this like super smart alien thing who's infiltrated Earth and is disguising itself to look like a human, why why isn't it just a normal human? Why does it have to be that at all? Yeah, yeah. What like the idea of having like Mike again, Sean? To your first question, fuck, he loves cocaine. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's breakfast. <laughs> it's what's what was for the dinner. thing? Did you guys notice every time Damien Lewis put his hood up, there was like a little sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a. <laughs> oh, him being like an alien and a man, and mm. and also like what, he's not what, a good actor. Oh, hang on a fucking minute. Nah, he's not good. Nah, Damien Lewis oh, is a good actor. You. As the alien, he is exquisite because he's having the best time of his life. As his normal, regular character, I couldn't agree more. It was like on the nose, pretty hammy, didn't love it. But as soon as he put threw on his real accent, I was having a very good time. Uh, okay. it's, like, here's the thing. You could take out, like, like you could take out Duddits and having psychic powers. Um, you could take out... Morgan Freeman and the military people. You could definitely take out some of his eyebrows. You could take out every single plot point and just leave the alien and the movie would still work. Yeah. There's so there's too much hate. There's way too much. Uh, hate. Put your hand up. Put your hand up if you loved the interaction between Damian Lewis and Mr. Gray where uh he was backseat driving basically the entire way to that aqueduct. Yes. He's like yeah. you can do it. Don't be a pussy and he drives him into a snow dip- ditch and Damian Lewis just starts pissing himself. Ah, <laughs> uh, that rules. Oh. oh my god. Also, I-, I may have missed this, but they didn't even capitalize on a fact that I Okay, before I make that bold statement, I just want to clarify. When he's interrogating him in the water treatment facility mm. and he's like tell me things that only Damien Lewis would know. Mm. H, is that his name? H. Jonesy. Yeah. Jonesy. He's Jonesy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me things that only Jonesy would know. And he tells him a whole bunch of things. I'm pretty sure. I might have missed it, but did he not try to get him to sing the lyrics to that song? No, he didn't. No, right? So they set up up this whole plot point that the lyrics to that Blue Bayou song are in his secret room, right? And only they know it. Yeah. If you want to test out whether he's your friend or not, just be like, hey. How does that song go? That is Tom, not going to fucking know. What? A, why oh. have the pop? Why? If you could turn into a giant worm and there's only one dude you need to fight, why are you <laughs> trying to trick him? Just be the giant worm. <laughs> oh, when he's when he's standing there as the alien and then he turns into the mist. Mm. Yeah. Oh, when it when at the end, where, if if that alien at the end had just like been like whatever, I don't fucking care about tricking you. I'm just gonna be the giant worm thing that I really am. Mm. I'm gonna kill you and let my little worm go in the water. They, he would have won. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's <laughs> stupid, and I hate him. The memory warehouse reminded me actually of Doctor Sleep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I just because by virtue of it being Stephen King, there's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities. It's just Doctor Sleep is a way more <laughs> tight structured <laughs> yeah. affair than yeah. this. Shambolic thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, by by all accounts, no one really watched this movie when it came out. So, Adam, I want to ask, how did you discover this little yes. gem? I think I watched this movie when it came out. Oh, seriously, <laughs> I have, I have memories of being like 
preteen and seeing this movie somehow and it's so different in my mind <laughs> in my mind you know how the title of the movie is Dreamcatcher, and there is a dream catcher but it doesn't really like they call dodd their dream catcher but why do yeah. they call him their dream catcher yeah in my memory uh dream catchers made the aliens afraid oh okay and i i don't uh, that didn't happen <laughs> would, in the movie. It would have made more sense uh-huh. if it did. The idea that it's, you know, what I thought for a second, because he said Dreamcatchers keep nightmares away, mm. and he opened it up and the alien shapeshifted. I'm like, oh, it shows you your nightmares. That's where the Dreamcatchers come in. The Dreamcatchers can protect you. No, it's just a, a worm. <laughs> yep. It feels like I hated this movie, but I didn't. Just just to clarify. No. Like three and a half stars. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the experience. I, it is the movie where I wish the four of us could have watched it together, because I think... yeah. I would have just had the most joyous... Like, I still had a very good time. I watched it with my wife, Holly. She had a very good time. Like, afterwards, she's like, that was weirdly enjoyable. Like, she was, like, confused that she enjoyed it, but she did. Yeah. And that was kind of my experience as well, where I'm like, this was so absurd and bonkers, but I I just loved every minute of it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, all right, well, where, where are we scared? Was anyone scared at any point throughout this film? I was a little on edge, but then by the time the alien showed up mm. in the cabin, I was like, oh, no, this movie's going to be dumb now. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it jumped yeah. the shark. And mm. I was like, all right, cool. The, 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 moment, the moment of tension and fear is literally the scene where you, you haven't seen the worm yet. Mm. That guy's completely fucking destroyed. Beaver's on the toilet. It's rattling around. Mm. There's something awful in there. Damien Lewis is trying to... Like, that's the only moment of fear or tension. Then you see the alien and then... Like, that bit where, like, Damien Lewis walks out of the bathroom and he's got that, like, terrified look on him. What do you want? (laughs) And it's like... Nothing. Yeah, I agree. The the ass worm was the only really scary scene and, like, there was tension because... he he just needs this toothpick, which again I think I think in the novel that was a bigger mm. deal. Like he literally had OCD, and so it was like a calming mechanism. So he re- obviously is stressed, so he needs to calm down. He needs a toothpick. That was the only scene that was like a little bit scary, and the worm was very gross. Like it looked like to me like a lamprey, yeah, you know, real old pre- mm. prehistoric wormy things, mm-hmm. um, which are like there is something about them that is just a bit yeah off putting. 
even without the supernatural. I think if they showed less worm, it would have been scarier. Because the worm has a scary design, but we just see it too much. Mm -hmm. Also, I think the scariest shot is when the guy falls off the toilet and you see his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because that was, for me, I was like, oh, this movie's going to throw up. That stayed with me. Yeah. It really haunted me. Stephen King King was right. (laughs) Toilets have changed forever. I didn't get very scared at this movie, but... I will admit mm. that I probably did. I probably watched this movie in a way that was not intended on my phone during a two-hour walk through a park. <laughs> <laughs> that feels weirdly appropriate for this bonkers-ass movie. Like, why not? Why not? It's not going to change the experience. Oh, I love that. That's the way Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. or however you say his name, envisioned you watching that film. The most scared <laughs> I got was when I heard like a ringing and I thought it was a car in the movie, but it was a mm. bike passing me. <laughs> That's the most scared I got. I was so immersed, I thought the ringing was in the movie, but it was outside. This is insane. Just looking at, I'm looking at Lawrence Kasdan, who's the director of this movie. Mm. So he made this, but he made like the big chill and Wyatt Earp. And I just don't understand how this movie yeah, fits Tom, into he's his. He's also the writer of like Indiana Jones and, and, and the good Star Wars films. So yeah, interesting that Shit. he wow. went so far off the rails. Look, he took a big, he took a big swing. I respect yeah. it. I respect it, if <laughs> anything. Yeah, I read a quote by him um, when he talked about this movie and he said he doesn't regret the movie. He loves the movie. He just regrets that it didn't mm. do well and it cost him like two other movies he was trying to do at the time sort of fell through because mm. of that. Oh, shit. But yeah, respects the movie that he made. Yeah. Stands by it. <laughs> Well, I feel like I would stand by the work I did if I was in his situation where I'm like, all right, I need to adapt someone else's story. Mm. And the story is dumped in front of me as just like two, nearly 2,000 loose leaf sheets of paper written in, <laughs> in, in cursive. cursive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, apparently, like, that was a big, a big thing. He wrote it as after his car accident. So we all know about, like, Stephen King's famous character when he nearly died. Yeah. Um, mm. And was it drug related? I actually don't know the no, details. No, no, he's just going no. for a walk. Oh, oh someone just hit him. Someone, yeah, he wasn't driving. A truck or a car hit him. A truck. I think oh, it was a truck. Yeah. And it was on like a mountain road. And so he, he then recuperated and wrote this while recuperating, but also wrote the book on writing, which is him huh. reflecting on his processes and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it literally says, specifically mentions in the thing I read about it, because I wanted to look up the book. I wanted to be like, well, so what's the deal with the book? Mm. Like, and apparently, like, the gap between the book and the movie is only like a couple of years. Like, okay. And so, yeah, apparently he wrote it in cursive as a rehabilitative exercise while he was recuperating. Mm. Um, and he, it's one of the fastest novels he's ever completed. Like, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. Zero editing taking yep. place. <laughs> I remember hearing once uh, Stephen King describe, describing his writing process as rather than plotting everything out, he just starts at the beginning and keeps writing. Mm. And wow, that shows sometimes. <laughs> Tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the book came out in 2001 and then the movie was like two years later. Yeah. Um, the book written in cursive helped the author recuperate from a 99, 1999 car accident and was completed in just half a year. Wow. So he wrote a 620-page book in which there's 8 million plot points in half a year. <laughs> yeah, that's. I wonder if there was even a script or if they just had his cursive notes and just started filming things <laughs> just to see where it went. Some of the lines felt like the worst ad-lib yeah. they had. Yeah. Um, I know and I'm stealing your thunder here, Damo, mm. where you do a lot of research, but I've just I've, I've read, d- just found that apparently the original working title was Cancer and his wife told him to change it. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Well, I've actually got a fact on that note. Um, before you mentioned about how Thomas Jane was giving 
nothing to this movie. And that's because the only reason he did it was because his mum told him to because she was a big fan of Stephen King. <laughs> I bet he didn't even understand what he was doing. No. Um, oh, fuck Guys, me. I've got another great fact. Sean, yeah. can you ask the question you asked at the start of the episode? Does Stephen King like drugs? In 2014, King told Rolling Stone that I don't really like Dreamcatcher very much and stated that the book was written while under the influence of OxyContin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, there it is. There yeah. it is. Oh, my God. Oh, so much. Is- oh, oh, so he's, he's had a car accident. He's had a near-death experience. He's mainlining Oxy after spending most of the 80s on cocaine. Yeah. And he's written it in just cursive and he wanted to call the book Cancer. And then in hindsight, he's now looking back going, why the fuck did I publish that book? <laughs> That's great. Ox- that is oh, so good. Man, to be as high as possible with cocaine and then to be hit with the lows as, uh, the lowest possible with Oxy. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, I've got one more fact while we're talking facts. And that's that the you talked about the ending before how like he envelops him in his little cocoon thing. So the actual real ending in the book is somehow even weirder, which in both Henry and Duddits smother the alien with a pillow. <laughs> what? what? A pillow they find at the water <laughs> treatment plant? What? <laughs> this oh, is all the man. information I have. They just smother he just him gave with a pillow. Up. He, he gave up. The oxy ran out, he looked around, but there was a pillow, and he went, that'll do. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. Well, did it. Jesus. I feel like we've, 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 we've covered some of this. Did our, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Um, not, not that <laughs> wisely. No. So dumb. Well, no, no. Thomas Jane. Uh, so, um, not Jonesy. H, is that his name? Henry? Henry, yeah. yeah. I think so. He acts pretty wisely. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, no, that's not Jonesy. Jonesy... Does his best, I think, in the in the circumstances. Timothy Oliphant, Beaver, hmm. Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman's offsider, all idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually on on um, Thomas Jane's character, there was one point where I thought, oh, he's very wise, and I literally yelled out, "Carney's gonna like that," which is when he grabbed the lighters and immediately was like, "Burn it down, burn!" Though he Loved saw it. the nest of eggs, and he's yeah. like, "Burn mm. this fucking shit down." But do you know what annoyed me about that scene is how. I guess this was a deliberate choice, but costume-wise, his jacket just blended into the red mm. and the blood oh, of, the, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the cabin, yeah. and it annoyed me. <laughs> okay. I thought someone burning a cabin down, you would have been just gleeful. That that I was there for. Yeah. He didn't seem to have control of the flames. <laughs> no, he at certain didn't. points, I was like, do you know where your exit is at this point? Because <laughs> the flames have really kicked up. He makes all the right choices, though. He he reads the minds of people. He plays the rela- works out the relationship. Mm. Do you know what's incredible is that, like... The movie opens with him about to kill himself, and that's never addressed again. Yeah, yep. that was. Yeah, he found a reason to live, I guess. <laughs> um, I like he steps into that cabin just on the like he's um, uh, he's acting sensibly front or whatever. He steps into the cabin immediately. He's like Jonesy, who wasn't Jonesy, just got past me. Something's yes. fucking up. I'm grabbing this rifle right fucking now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That on. is good. That is good. And I did like that even because I, I think we're meant to. Jonesy sort of warned him. Was that kind of what we were meant yeah, to I think so. yeah. get mm. that he wasn't really Jonesy? Maybe, yeah. That I thought was pretty wise that he didn't just be like, oh, Jonesy, come over here, mate. Like that he wouldn't immediately. So that was good. But then, yeah, pretty much the rest of their decisions were highly questionable. I think we can all agree that the brilliant decision that any of them make is, again, Thomas Jane uh, making the brilliant decision to be in this movie so he could use a gun like a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's about to commit suicide at the 
the beginning. How do we know he's not just trying to contact one of his friends? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Let oh. let's jump straight into how we will deal with would deal in this situation. So clearly there's four of them, there's four of us. We're having a lovely weekend in the woods. We've all got powers. One of us has a warehouse in their head. How'd we do, boys? I think we're better. I think we're yeah. better because none of us are addicted to toothpicks. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> True. Yeah. That thing stays in the fucking uh, fucking toilet for one. Yeah. Okay, so if we keep it in the toilet, is that like is that it over basically? Oh no, there was nah. a big spaceship still. Well, the spaceship gets taken care of by the military, so we don't even need to be involved in that. What's Great. the problem? It's the military becomes the yeah, problem. Yeah, the military and Mister Gray is going to show up independent of that thing That's in the true. toilet. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Won't the thing in the toilet just go down the pipe if we don't let it out? Uh, then it goes into the septic tank. Yeah. So long as we don't empty the septic tank, we should be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can die in literal shit. That's. We could light the yeah. septic tank on fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That works. Yep. That's yeah. an option yeah. too. Um. Uh, and whoever becomes Mister Gray, we just kill them immediately. Yeah. Well, I think that it, I was going to say Adam as our very special guest should be Mister Gray, but then we've just killed him. <laughs> yeah, we just kill him. <laughs> we got to factor in that if one of us starts speaking in a British accent and seems unhinged. <laughs> like, in real life, boys, we just got to pull the trigger. You got to do what needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. If, if any of us suddenly are British. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or yeah. burping and start burping and farting right. a lot. That's another sign. Yeah. I feel like uh, if you have that really sick guy as well and the, a, a military helicopter flies over mm-hmm. and they're like, we're not coming down to help you. There's an infection or whatever. Yeah. Stay quarantined. I feel like you're treating that guy a bit differently. Yes. That, that was a note I made as well. I was like, no one has the right reactions to anything in this movie. So that was when I thought first thought it because I'm like, yeah, how are they not freaking out? Yep. Mm. And, then, and then shortly after, all these animals, including bears, start just jogging by in front of their shack. And they're just like, oh, check that out. I wonder, what, wonder what's up with the bears. Yeah, that was crazy. I would have got back in the car. Yeah. Well, no, the car's <laughs> like, not there. Okay, I would have. Shit. Yeah, no, I can see how they fucked up. I don't know what I would do. I'd freak out. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Why would they go outside? If I see bears running through, I don't like walk out in the snow and be like, "Oh." That's hey, what I'm saying. Yeah. They're just like so chill about it, and like, "Well, would you have a look at that? Huh, what a weekend! Crazy." Maybe, uh, maybe the three of you as well could be smart enough to figure out that if there's something in the toilet and you don't want it to get out, not only could you tape the toilet up, but you could put something heavy on the toilet. That might also work. Yep, that's true. But again, I could just sit on it and not try to pick up toothpicks until one of you guys true. comes right. back with some gaffer tape. Mm. Yeah, as well as if we've got the ability to mentally communicate with each other, why why aren't we just doing that? Being like, hey, there's some weird fucking eel in the toilet. No one use it. Like, maybe use the upstairs toilet. (laughs) Uh, If you're using the toilet, light a match or don't because there's an eel in it. (laughs) The eel has a lot of teeth and we're pretty sure it came out of another man's anus. (laughs) I I think the issue we have is the military side of things, but I think we have the mind powers so we could convince, because uh, we've. I feel like we could actually neutralize a lot of the threat by being smarter at the cabin and smarter at the uh, when they have the car accident. Mm-hmm. So if we're smarter in both those scenarios, which we would be, because we would buy into it immediately, because we're scaredy boys. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think then the only issue is overcoming the military. We're we're psychic. We yeah. just mm-hmm. we just convince the the guy who's already wavering to waver. Yeah. You just literally need to do what they do in the yes, movie. But we all mostly stay alive unless Adam starts talking a British accent and Carney lights him on fire. <laughs> oh, I would. Well, hello there, chaps. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> oh, God, get him. Get him. Burn him. <laughs> all right. Well, then, does obviously our old chum Duddits needs to come in at some point. Um, well, here's, here's my theory, guys. Yeah. 
Duddits gave them powers. Why does Duddits need to be there? That's a really yeah, excellent that's question. That's a good point. Tom, have you found the only plot hole we've managed to discover so far <laughs> in this otherwise flawless film? Uh, if only there was some kind of drug I could take, it would help me understand this movie better. <laughs> okay, well then in that case, yeah, look, I think if the military do their side of things, Carney lights Adam on fire as soon as Mr. Grey gets a hold of him, <laughs> then I think the three of us are probably walking out of this one. Okay. That rules. Yeah, and look, neither Dame or I are going to get drunk in the woods by ourselves. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe. Well, <laughs> I've had a few whiskeys. Yeah, this maybe. is like this is a hard one to wrap your head around because there's just too much. There's too many things that are just ridiculous. Like, I'm stretching my brain beyond its capacity being like, how would you respond to Morgan Freeman's eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morgan Freeman's eyebrows coming at you from one direction. Me as Mr. Grey coming at you from another direction. Oh, burn them the both. The military all around the place. There's bears and deer and shit running around. Oh, wait. The, Someone's sick. The answer's right there. You also have powers where you can talk to people's minds, <laughs> yeah. but also find things. <laughs> You just, you just need to grab a pillow and smother Adam. Apparently, that's the answer. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. We go OG. We're not doing, we're not doing, we're not getting duddits and taking him to a water treatment plant. Yeah. We're just smothering him. <laughs> With everything that's happening like crazy outside, we just mm. have to seal the cabin up and put all the drugs on the table. Yeah. And just yeah. forget and forget the outside world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> have ourselves a good little weekend. Write everything yeah. in cursive until we feel better. <laughs> what would Kingy do? Grab a pillow and grab some drugs. <laughs> And that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. I've been Adam. And if you scary listeners would like to say hi or suggest some movies to watch, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Orchid Trade. I'm at Retro Archetype. And Adam, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and introducing us to this gem of a movie. You're absolutely welcome. <laughs> I really hope we could all watch it together again at some point. I genuinely want to watch it again. Like, I've I've kind of not stopped thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, stay scared, everyone. Even on a budget... Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.